Praise the Lord. Nothing like being in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, with the family of the Lord. He is so good, so faithful, so worthy. Y'all can be seated. I'm going to have several scriptures that I'm going to start out reading. <clears throat> so y'all can have a seat. <clears throat> Woke up this morning with a song on my heart. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, <laughs> my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. If you're ever struggling, if you ever find yourself in a hard time battling something, just stop and think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. And it'll help flip that. It'll help reverse that. And you can rejoice in the victories that you've already overcome and draw strength from those battles that you won and you fought and that you are on the other side of. Um, I'm going to go right into the lesson today. The title of the lesson today is Your Answer is Knocking. Your Answer is Knocking. Did we hear the knock? The answer to your miracle is knocking. Do we hear the knock? If we hear it, how do we respond? Do we respond to the knock? So many times, and I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but so many times we pray and we say we believe and we expect God to do these miracles and these great things. But do we really believe and expect him to? We know his word. We know he can. But do we expect him to? And do we pray like we expect him to? Do we pray with expectancy? So that when we hear the knock, we hear it and we respond. I know there's several miracles, several needs in my life. And I'm listening. I want to be positioned in the place where I can hear the knock, where I can hear the voice of the Lord, where I know that I need, I'm where I need to be, in that secret place, in that upper room. I know a couple weeks ago when I taught on the upper room, God has kept that resonating within me. And I don't want to leave the upper room. I don't want to get away from that. I prayed again even this morning. Lord, I don't want to just minister your word and then leave it and go on and do something else. I want to take it with me. I want to keep it. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord, in the mind frame of the Lord. We have to dwell in that upper room so that when we get a diagnosis, so that when we're in a situation that is thrust upon us, we are already positioned to be where we need to be to receive the miracle that is knocking on our door. So whatever your need today is, whatever answer you're waiting for, pray and then be still before God and listen for your knock on your door. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, it's not enough to just hear it. Hear my voice and then open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So again, we must first be in a place and a mindset and in the spirit to hear his voice and to hear the knock. And then we have to be willing to respond accordingly, positively to whatever the Lord has asked us to do. We have to respond to the knock on the door. If you're at home and you hear a knock on the door, what is your response? 
we get up. We go to the door. We place ourselves in the position to receive who is knocking at the door. Spiritually today, we have to listen for the knock. And we have to place ourselves in the spiritual position to receive who is knocking at our door. And the miracle that they have just on the other side of the door. How many times have we not received a miracle or an answer to a prayer because we were not in the place in the position to hear the knock? We weren't in the position to have the obedience and the willingness and the servanthood of, to get up and to go and to do what was required of us. We're all good about hearing and listening, and that sounds good, but now if you're going to require me to help in a Sunday school class, or if you're going to require me to come early for a prayer, or if you're going to require me to sacrifice something, or, or you're going to require something of me, then maybe we're not going to get up and answer that door. A lot of times, you ever peek out the curtain quietly, see who it is, to see if you want to receive who or what it is on the other side. We have to be careful spiritually not to quench the spirit, but to have that discernment and the willingness and the availability spiritually to God to do what needs to be done to answer the knock at the door. Do we have faith in our prayers to believe that God will and has answered? Do we just say, I'm praying off the cuff? Is it just something that we routinely say, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Well, really, on the inside, my whole world is shattered and I'm falling apart, but I'll smile and say, I'm doing fine. Do we really believe in our prayers? Do we pray with that expectancy? Do we pray expecting God to do what we're asking him to do? Do we have confidence, not in and of ourselves, but in the God who is within us? Do we have confidence in him, in his word, in his power, in his authority, in his name, in his blood? If so, then we need to pray effectively in that confidence. So don't just pray, but pray in faith, believing and expecting to receive. Expect the phone call with good news. Expect the relationship that's in trouble to be mended. Expect those bridges that have been burnt for God to restore. Expect those things. Pray and expect so that we're not surprised when it happens. Last Sunday, Bishop walked through those doors after being in the hospital, after having negative reports, after the whole question of his strength and his ability. And is he going to be able to come back and be in service with us? I was in that back left corner visiting and he opened the door. And as God is my witness, I felt the shift and I felt the presence and the atmosphere in the room change. Why? Because a shepherd entered the flock. Because Bishop walked through the door. Because an answer that we prayed for was knocking. Because the door opened and because he walked through. Were we astonished? Were we caught by surprise? No. What did we do? We as a church body who had been praying in the upper room... Fasting and prayer and the men that had united together and the women that had prayed and united together for just that miracle. 
We stood and we clapped and we rejoiced because that was a miracle. And I fully believe and trust again, Bishop will walk through that door again. Yes, is there still a struggle? Yes, but what do we do while we wait? We expect. How you wait is so important. We don't wait on self-pity. We don't wait in depression. We don't wait. We wait with joy and with expectancy and with a shout before the walls come down. When we wait, we wait in anticipation fully believing and expecting God to do what his word says he will do, what we know he can do, what he's done before, what he is doing, and what he will do. If we position ourselves, if we stay in that mindset of prayer, if we stay in that upper room, if we stay in that secret place, if we dwell in his presence and in his word, when the things like that happen, we will be astonished. We're not going to be astonished by surprise. But yes, look at the mighty hand of God. Look what God has done. Do you know how many miracles are in the waiting just in our church body? We have Brother Sean in a wheelchair. We have Sister Rachel. We have Sarah. We have Had, 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 sorry, Hadley in Haven. We have so many miracles, physical miracles, that God is just right there. And I pray every day, God, I want to hear the knock. I'm ready to open my door. I'm ready to walk through and receive whatever miracle you have, whatever angel you send, to, you deliver to me as you did to Peter in prison. I want to hear that angel. I want to respond. I want to get up. I want to go. I want the restrictions and the handicaps of this world to fall away, just as the shackles did of Peter in prison. Position yourself to hear the knock. Pray, and while we wait, we wait with expectancy. My little great nephew who was fighting, battling in a hospital still today with leukemia. He won't even be two until the end of this month. And this is his second round of chemo. And he's been so, so sick. And so it's been so scary for the last several days. But God, <laughs> when he steps in the room and does what only he can do. Today there was a text and his, his vitals are down. His temp is down. Things are good. Things are progressing favorably. And I'm going to step out on faith, and I'll say it publicly. And this is being recorded because I have friends that ask to see it. And some are homebound and not able to get out. But I will declare it publicly. I'm thankful for the medical field, and I'm thankful, and I pray for wisdom for the doctors. And we pray for discernment to lead that medical team, to give them the wisdom that they needed, the knowledge that they needed, the understanding that they needed. God gives us wisdom, and he expects us to do what we can do. He expects us to study and show ourselves approved. He expects us to do our part. And then when we've done all that we can do we let go and we step back and we say okay God here this is for you and so nothing of me and of myself but I had prayed God just let us take our hands off of this baby and in my spirit Lord here he is I give Simon to you God because your hands is the best place for him to be there's no greater place regardless God however you choose to heal this child he's in your hands and we give him to you today and it wasn't within an hour later that we get a text from my brother that says that they have decided to stop chemo for a while because he has and he has infections and this bacteria and it was too much for his little body to handle all of it together and so they were going to stop that chemo for a while they were going to stop putting that poison that has a good result but also has negative terrible side effects they were going to stop putting that man's poison into that baby's body. And since then, his fever's gone down. His heart rate's gone down. Since then, he has improved. Why? Because man took their hand off. Because we prayed with expectancy. Expecting to see that good report. Expecting to get that text that he's responding well. 
Is that to say things are not needed in the future? No. Is he still in the hospital on an IV? Yes. And I thank God that they're watching him and taking care of him. And I'm not taking anything away from our medical team. With Sarah and my situation, I've been there many times. And I'm very thankful for them. But I do know that God is a great physician. He's the creator of life. He is the one that can speak life. He's the one that can do a blood transfusion in that baby. I'm praying that there would not be a bone marrow needed on that baby's body because God, the great physician, can speak and create new life into that little body. And I pray expecting him to do that. Why? Because his word says, asking you shall receive, knocking it shall be opened unto you. So I pray with expectancy in Jesus' name. We have so many miracles in the waiting today within this church body. Bishops still need strength and healing and encouragement. Pray every day, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Every aspect, strengthen him, lift him up, encourage him. Hold him and Sister Griffith and all of our first family before the Lord. If it was your dad, your husband, you would want to know the whole church was behind you daily. It means so, so much. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall receive them. Why do we make it so much harder than it is? Because self gets in the way. Because this flesh gets in the way. Because we allow doubt to creep in. And we allow the negative voices of hell to speak into our minds and our spirits. Well, yeah, but they said there's nothing more they can do. Well, yeah, but... Don't receive that. Come right back at that spirit and rebuke it in Jesus' name and say, but God, but God, he is greater than any affliction, than any need. And if we believe that, we pray expecting him to move just as he said he would. James 2, 17, 18. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Miracles delayed does not mean your miracles denied. I'll say it again. Miracles delayed doesn't mean that miracle is denied. Sarah just turned 26. That doesn't mean she's not a miracle in the waiting. It's delayed. Why? Because she's serving a purpose while she's waiting. Because we sing. Because she sings and praises the Lord and rejoices while we're waiting. How you wait is so, so important. Faith without works is dead. We don't want to lay on a bed of self-pity. We want to work. We want to get up. We want to go to the door. We want to answer the door. We want to receive what God has for us to do. Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing or waiting. For in due season you shall reap if we faint not. I don't know how long my season of waiting is. I don't know how long little Simon's season of waiting is, but I do know who controls the seasons. I do know who set these seasons in order. I do know who spooks life and set all the atmosphere and everything into place and into order. God is in control. He's never caught unaware. He is aware of every fear, of every tear, of every need, of every situation that you have. Position yourself to hear the knock. Be willing to open, open the door. God has so much he wants to give us. If we position ourselves to receive what he has. Acts 12, 1 through 16, I'm going to read quickly just to set the setting for those who may not be as familiar with 
um, this text of scriptures. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. We know it was a time of persecution. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarternons of soldiers to keep him. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. He was going to kill him as well. Verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But. Whew, if you write in your Bible. I underline that. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Unto God for him. It wasn't a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It wasn't a little Pentecostal patty cake prayer. Out of obligation. Prayer without ceasing. Stay in that mindset of prayer. Stay in that upper room mindset. Stay in that secret place mindset. Even as you go through your daily tasks and jobs, have a mindset. Have a spirit and an attitude of prayer. Verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping. He's in prison. Surrounded by more guards than what they normally have posted. Sleeping between two and bound with chains inside the inner part of a prison. And the keepers before the door that got him with him in the prison and outside the prison, chained up, and he slept. You can have peace in the midst of your prison. <laughs> Thank God for his peace that truly passeth all understanding. His peace that will allow you to sleep at night and not worry. His peace that will allow you to Pray and put it in his hands and then step back and trust him with your need, with your situ situation. He's so, so faithful. <clears throat> and when Herod would have brought him forth. Let me read verse 6. The same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. I have an area. I'll just be transparent for a minute. On the side of my stomach, that there's a wound there, and I have no idea how I got it. I literally woke up one morning, and it was there. <laughs> and I've told my family, I felt like... It's from a spiritual battle. How do you have a fleshly wound from a spiritual battle? I don't know. But I know I had been in prayer. And I know I had been warring. And I know that the warrior within me had, had risen up. And I went to the gates of hell. And I just rebuked Lucifer by his name. Because I wanted to get his attention. I didn't say Satan. I called him by his God-given name, Lucifer. Because when my mama says my name, I stop and look. Because something's fixing to happen. Because the mom had risen up in me. You're not coming after my family. You're not doing this. And I boldly approached his territory. And I went to bed just exhausted and drained from just the prayer and the battle and the stuff. Before I ever had gone to sleep at whatever dark hour it was. And then to wake up. And it's been over a month and that wound is still there. It shows signs of healing, but it's still there. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, Satan? You can attack me. 
It looks like I was shot. It almost looks like a bullet hole or I was skewered with something. It's the weirdest thing, and I don't know how it happened. But it's like every time I see it, <laughs> thank you, God, because it might be a scar in my battle, but I won the battle that night. I was victorious. And so we look at those and we draw strength from that. And that encourages me and it excites me because I know when I pray, God is going to hear our prayers. Do you believe God hears you when you pray? Yes, we're not just talking words. That's why we need to be careful what we pray. The Bible says the, the righteous, the effectual, fervent prayer. We want a fervent prayer. I want to know what I'm praying for so that we can pray effectively. So you can call it out by name. Leukemia, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Diabetes, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Spirit of pornography, you have got to flee in Jesus' name. I want to know what I'm fighting so that we can hit it head on and call it out. I am not afraid. I don't go looking for it, but I, I am not afraid. Because I know my God is greater. He that is within me is greater than he that is in this world. Are we willing to step out in faith and open that door to receive that knock? So Peter's asleep. He's got peace in the midst of his prison. Surrounded by guards and walls and chains. He slept. What a beautiful promise that is for us. That we too can have that peace in the midst of our prison. In the midst of your diagnosis. In the midst of your broken relationship in the midst of your financial need whatever it is you can lay down at night and rest knowing that he never sleeps or slumbers that he is aware and that he's working on our behalf so the angel comes to him and shines a light in the room hits him in the side wakes him up tells him to rise up and his chains fell off from his hands Verse 8, and the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel. But thought he saw a vision. Peter was so asleep. He was like, man, this is a cool dream. I'm getting out of here. Thought it was a vision. Verse 10, when they were past the first and second ward, because he was in the middle of the prison when they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. I know who opened that gate. Ha! God, the great gatekeeper, he opened that gate. Don't let your closed gate stop you from believing. Don't be afraid to approach a gate that looks closed in your life because it's a big iron gate and it looks locked. You approach it in prayer with faith, expecting God to open that gate. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. He did his job. He departed. Verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself. You know, sometimes I fully believe God allows us to be put into a prison situation so that we can have that come to ourself moment. So that he has our attention, so that we have his attention, so that we can position ourselves to hear the knock and receive from him what we need. We can be so busy, even working for God, that we forget to spend time with who we're working for. Peter come to himself and he said, Now I know of surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And that's a whole message right there because not only was he delivered from his prison out of the hand of Herod, but from all the expectation of the people of the Jews, which they were expecting him to be killed. 
So God's not only going to deliver you from one thing. So many other things are affected when God opens that door, when God sends that miracle. Verse 12, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. This is the part I think we're all familiar with. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told that Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. Now these are the church people. These are the people that were praying. But yet, what they're praying for is literally at the door. And they tell Rhoda, you're crazy. Paul's in, you know, Peter's in prison. No, no, I recognize his voice. He's there, he's there. Maybe it's his angel. They're thinking, they probably, they already killed him. It must be his angel. You're praying for him. God knocks at the door literally. And still there's doubt. So I pray, Lord, remove any vestige of doubt. God, let there be no doubt in me. I don't want to doubt when that knock comes. I want to hear and say, "Woo, glory. I don't want to have to have it proven two or three times to me that, yes, this is indeed the miracle that you have prayed for. Let me be in that place to receive what God has, that knock at the door. And they said unto her, verse 15, thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. They said, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So again, let me say, I was not astonished when Bishop walked through that door. Because I knew 12 men had been praying. I knew women and ladies and this church body had been praying and fasting. And I knew he would. I just didn't know the when. But I knew that he would. We have to have that fervor and that dedication and that commitment of I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, but we know the who. We know that he will do what he has said he will do. When we pray in faith, believing and expecting to receive, not focused on what is, what may be, our miracle will come knocking. So I want to quickly look real close at some of the scriptures I just read. Highlighting just a few little parts of each one of them. There are so many different messages within just those 16 scriptures. There's so many good things that you could just stop and chew on and meditate on in this group of scriptures that we read. In verse 6, we, like I said, Peter was sleeping. He had the peace of the Lord. Verse 7, the angel came to him, woke him up, and then said unto him, gird thyself. Bind on thy sandals, cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. He did not transport him from the prison outside the gate. He didn't do a miraculous move and pick him up from here. And take. He had to do his part. He had to obey the instructions of the angel of the Lord. He didn't argue with him. He didn't question him. He put his sandals on. He put his cloak on. He rose up. He followed him out. We have to be willing, and our trust has to be so committed and so deep in God, regardless if it's to go dip in the muddy Jordan, regardless if it's let me spit in this dirt and put this on your eyes, regardless what it looks like to us, regardless if it makes sense or not to us, 
If it is told to you by someone that says, I have been in prayer and I feel you this or bishop or pastor tells us something or God speaks to you through his word or through prayer and wants you to do something, trust him. Trust him in it. Step out in faith and be willing and obedient to do what he wants you to do so that you can receive what he has for you to receive. And then verse 9, he thought he saw a vision. Verse 10, they came into the iron gate that leaded to the city, opened up its home own accord. It was outside the gate that Peter came to himself. That's important. It was outside the prison. It was outside the guards. It was after the chains fell off. It was outside that he came to himself. It was after he went through it that he knew it was God. So many times we don't realize or understand our situation. We don't know the why. We don't understand why this innocent, precious little baby is fighting for his life and battling this terrible cancer. I don't understand why it's been 26 years and Sarah still has not risen up and walked or had the ability to speak. I don't understand all that. But I know who holds it. I know who's in control. I know who sees the end from the beginning. And I trust in him because his ways are higher than my ways. I don't have to understand the who, the why, the where, the when. I just have to trust that he is God. His word is true and sure. And that he is faithful to his word. We are here today because he brought us out. Brother Zucky, you're sitting here today because God delivered you out of a prison. I'm here today because God had delivered me out of a prison. A prison of depression. A prison of even suicidal thought at one point. I am here today because God delivered me because of a family that prayed without ceasing when I was in a situation. Because God heard and God sent that deliverance. And because I realized that this is what I need to do. And this, I have to trust in God. When you get that report, there's nothing we can do. All you can do is trust in God. There's nothing physically I can do except trust in God. So that's what we do. We trust in him. Verse 12, when Peter realized what had happened, he went to a house where he knew they would be praying. How important it is for us to go to the house of prayer. I'm so thankful for everyone that is here today in this house of prayer. And I know God and First Family is happy as well. I am not going to let someone or something take my praise because they haven't sat in my prison. <laughs> if someone's teaching or singing or praying... And I say amen or talk or whatever or think, that, you know, whew, she's kind of loud sometimes. You've not been in my prison. <laughs> You've not faced what I have faced. You've not sacrificed what I've sacrificed. You've not hurt when I have hurt. You have your own prison. You have your own thing. But don't allow anyone or anything to take your joy, to take your song, because they have not been in your prison. When God delivers you from your prison, when you have the joy of the Holy Ghost, when you have peace and you have hope instead of fear and depression and oppression, you have a song to sing. And you have a praise that you've got to get out and you have a testimony. We are overcomers by the word of our testimony. Share your testimony with others. Encourage others by what you have been through. Not giving glory to the evil. Not giving glory to the negative. But shining God's light on the situation. Peter knocked at the door of the gate. And real quickly, I just want to say Rhoda was a young slave girl. 
The custom of the day was custom for the girls to open the door. It was a task. So she's young. One, I would say, negative against her. She's a girl in that custom, so I would like to say another negative against her. She's a slave. But she was taught to listen for the knock. <laughs> That's a message all within itself. I love that. When God dropped that in my spirit, I was like, "Woo!" regardless of stature, regardless of name, regardless of financial need, regardless of culture, regardless of race, there's no negative against you. There's nothing that can be said or put against you by man that God cannot use you. I love when he takes the least of these and he does something mighty and magical and majestic with it. I love when he takes someone who you would least expect him to use and do something and be an active player in a miracle of God. I love that. I love rooting for the underdogs. I love when that happens. So don't allow anything to keep you from your praise and your worship. So she heard his voice. Now remember the scripture that we read. It said he knocked at the gate. Church is being persecuted. They've already killed James. He's in prison, they think. So they are inside the house behind the gate. There was the church was being persecuted. It's late at night. She heard the knock on the gate. And so the Bible doesn't clearly give us details, so I don't know if maybe she cried out, hello, who's there? Or if he's knocking so long, maybe he cried out, knowing whose house he was at, Mary, Rhoda. She heard his voice and recognized his voice. Pray to have discernment to recognize the voice. The voice of those that God puts in your life. Have discernment to know who to allow to speak into your life, whose voice to hear and to respond to. I love that it was Rhoda that heard the knock on the gate, not on the house. He was a distance away. It was on the gate. I love that. That's awesome. There's no distance between your need and your answer. <laughs> God is so good. So we know she didn't open the door. She went back in, said unto her, don't be so busy praying and asking God for a miracle. Don't be so spiritual that we miss when God is knocking and moving. They were praying. They were actively praying at the time when he's knocking on the door. So don't be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. Don't be so spiritual. Don't be so busy working and doing things for the Lord that you lose time with the Lord. That you don't spend alone time with God. That you don't build that relationship with Him. Don't be so busy praying and asking God for a miracle that you miss it when He delivers it to your door. Sometimes God will test our faith by sending our answer through someone that we don't expect him to use. Has someone ever come up to you and said, hey, I just feel like to pray for you. There's been numerous times we've been out in public in different places. Men, women, strangers, I have no idea who they are. They will come up and quietly say, 
I looked over and I saw you. And, and Would you mind, could I just say a prayer for your daughter? Absolutely. I am never going to refuse prayer. I don't care how many holes you've got in your head and how much metal's hanging out of them. If you want to pray for Sarah, pray for Sarah. I am never going to say no to prayer because we never know what donkey God's going to put in our path to speak to us. So don't discount. Don't be afraid to open the door of your blessing because it's not a pretty door. Because it doesn't have a pretty wreath and a welcome sign on it. Don't be so quick to judge your door that you miss the blessing and the miracle behind it. Help us, Lord, to have wisdom and discernment. To hear the knock, the willingness and the availability to respond to that knock and to open it. There are so many needs, but God has so many miracles just waiting to give to us. If we could but position ourselves to answer the knock at the door. Will we be astonished when a miracle takes place? Or will we just rejoice in praise and worship? What will be our first initial response? I've always said I don't, I've never felt like if God chooses to heal Sarah that it would be in a church setting because no man would be able to get the glory of it. I don't think any particular person is going to be praying for her. I don't think any particular person would be ministering the word. I don't traipse her around the country to healing services and all these things because if God chooses to heal her and when he does, it's going to be in a situation that's only God, that he alone will have the glory. So every morning when I wake up, you know what I do? I look to see her position. <laughs> I look to see, are those little legs straight yet? Is that back straight yet? What is our physical position? Because I know, because I've prayed for years, I'll tell you what I pray. I pray every night, Lord, let her sleep the sleep of Adam. Just like God put Adam to sleep when he took a rib and he created the miracle of Eve. I pray, Lord, let Sarah sleep the sleep of Adam. Let little Simon sleep the sleep of Adam as you do a miracle in their little bodies. As you do what only you can do, God. And so I pray that before I go to bed. So when I wake up, I expect one morning to look over and see her sitting up on the side of the bed saying, I've been waiting on you to wake up, Bob. Look, look what God's done. How beautiful is that? And I thank God for that. Even before I see it, we shout before the walls come down. Increase your faith. Encourage yourself in his word. Spend time in prayer. Stay in that upper room mentality. Stay in the mindset of God so that you can hear the knock. You can hear his voice so that you can be available to receive what he has for you on the other side of the door of your need, of your miracle. If we could all stand, they'll start the music and we'll transition into prayer. Take stock of your life. What are you in need of today? Are you sleeping between two Two guards of financial restriction? Are you sleeping between two guards of a medical diagnosis? Is there a failed relationship with a family member, with a spouse, with a friend? What is our need today? What is the prison that you may find yourself in? And if you don't have the peace to sleep in that prison, your peace is right here. Your peace speaker, God of all creation, the King of kings and our Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, he is here. Your miracle is here. Don't hang back. Don't be afraid to step out in faith. Trust God, I promise you. When you take that first step towards the altar, when you step out even in the aisle, 
that move, faith without works is dead. That work, that action activates your faith. It'll get God's attention. And he'll send that angel to come himself, just like he did, to release you from your prison that you're in. Leah, you don't have to sleep without peace. You don't have to sleep with fear and worry. You don't have to be harassed at work. You can go to work with your head held high in faith, saying, God, I know you go before me and you go with me. I've been baptized. I'm a child of the king. I'm filled with your spirit. You don't go in there alone. You take God and his army and his host of angels with you. So you walk in there in God confidence and you walk in there in faith. And if you don't have that faith today or if you're weary in well-doing, you know where your strength is? It's in this house. And I'm proud of you for being here today. Your strength is in his house. Your strength is in this altar. Your strength and your hope is in prayer and talking to God in a relationship with him. Your strength is in his word. Your strength is in that upper room. It's in his presence and his presence alone. It's not in this world and it is not of this world. So to get today, let's find a place of prayer. Take stock of your life and examine, Lord, <laughs> I want to hear the knock. I want to hear the knock. I want to be available. I want to say yes. I want to open the door in faith, expecting, pray, expecting, not, oh Lord, if it's your will. And if not, then I'll just nevertheless serve you. No, pray, expecting God to do it suddenly. Pray in faith, believing and expecting God to do what no man can do. In Jesus' name.